it's not what I expected for Colombian coffee. Just a reconfirmation that coffee from all over the world doesn't taste like its location. The location can always produce an, a new sort of flavor. Welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. This is episode 55. I am Joe Darnell, your host, and joining me is my illustrious co-host, Mr. Eric Rauch. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Eric. How are you? Frigid, I suppose. It's kind of cold here for a North Georgia day. It is. It's kind of nippy. It's down to 21 degrees. Feels like Michigan or something. I feel bad for my sister. She works at a local restaurant and so she's biking to and from work some days. Oh, wow. And she's okay with it. Yeah. She, she actually is rooming here at my house and she got home late last night on her bike, all yeah. bundled up in the scarves first, and coats. The first mile is the hardest. Because then once you get your, once your heart gets pumping, you don't, you don't really notice the cold anymore of it. Right. I asked her, I was like, so I, you're not a popsicle. She's <laughs> like, no, but my, uh, I cannot feel my legs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Legs and, and hands, you know, your, your, your extremities get yeah, The get way cold. that we dress these days, we bundle up really well around our chest, back and shoulders and stuff. We don't yeah. really bundle well up on our, our limbs. Yeah. And I've never in my entire life found a pair of gloves that worked. I've found some that work better than others. But I've never found a pair of gloves that that I that I put them on, and it was like, wow, my hands are as warm as my as my as my body. Really, and see, the thing is, I kind of think of gloves as socks for your hands. They get all palmy, sweaty, and icky. They don't breathe very well. Oh, and I don't like that feeling. I don't like wearing gloves for that reason. Oh, my hands are the first thing I notice when it gets cold. It's it's I just I can feel oh, it. Yeah, I can feel it in my hands. Keep them in your pockets. They can breathe a little bit better. You got your coat pockets. Hopefully. They can play with the keys in your pocket, yeah. you know, something to do with your fingers. It's just, that's what pockets are for. <laughs> but they don't make pockets on pants for to, to use anymore. No. no they're, they're, they're expendable pockets. They're merely cosmetic. <sighs> the world. What is it coming to? We need some craft pants. We need some gloves pocket pants. <laughs> oh, merge the idea. It's like the toaster fridge. We could have the, the, the gloves pants. Yeah, you could, you, could, you could just attach a pair of gloves on the outside of the pants. So you could just stick your hands in those. Holsters. Uh, I don't know, that's, that's probably why I'm not in the fashion industry. The kids are really disappointed, though. All this cold air, and there's not enough condensation to produce enough snow. We see oh. the snow. We see the flurries. Yeah. It, it looks really majestic when you see a couple of flurries, you know, going around. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it looks. It look. It, you feel like you're, like you're in winter, but but you don't have to deal with a uh, two feet of snow laying on the ground like my parents do up in up in Pennsylvania. They got they got nailed a couple weeks ago, and they had they had two and a half feet of snow. That's a lot of snow to get rid of. That's pretty much normal, though, for them. They're kind of like, oh. uh, no, it's all it's really it's not normal. Yeah, huh. um, I mean, it's normal for them to get snow, but but even I mean, you don't get that every year. Oh, I didn't know that. I just assumed that anywhere above Virginia, they just get automatically like a foot to three feet of snow. But I guess I'm wrong. Y- yeah, no, I mean it. Yeah, I, I don't spend they enough time it, up but, in the but north. Typically, it comes in in maybe two to three inch increments, but but for you to get two and a half feet overnight or over the course of a day that's rare mm. is seattle considered in the north i mean it's out west but yeah it's north well, yeah i guess but, but seattle no one really thinks about it that way no because seattle really doesn't get that cold no that's what i was thinking yeah so but it's, it's, it's really rare to get snow out there now on the other side of the of the cascade mountains on the on the on the east side over by spokane they get they get tons of snow it's just the other side yeah yeah just the other side of the mountains you get that, that uh puget sound effect 
Well, we could quiz ourselves about climate differences and stuff one of these days, but we have another kind of quiz for us today. We're going to go through a online coffee quiz, Eric. Mm, okay. Something a little different, shake things up, see if we actually know anything that we talk about. All right. This is coffee culture we're talking about today. So I found this article page on npr.org. Coffee quiz, colon, discover the world of a cup of joe. And this was published uh, a while ago, but then it was updated back last October. So I guess uh, the information may not be entirely fresh, but it's still relevant. We're talking about coffee culture and all this stuff. There are just a random assortment of questions pertaining to coffee, and we'll test our knowledge. We're going to test Eric and I separately. There's 10 questions, and you can follow along and see how well you do on the questions. If you want to take the quiz too, it's going to be linked in the show notes. So this ought to be interesting. I just thought we would throw ourselves a curveball. I haven't taken the quiz yet. How's it, how's it going to work? Okay, I'm going to check the boxes here on my computer. I have it opened up in two tabs in two separate web browsers. Oh, so, so I, I give my answer my and then you're going you're gonna to click my answer on your computer. Yeah, I got you. I'm, I'm right. going to give my input, but uh, don't give it anything away. I'm not going to look at your paper and don't you look at mine. Oh, I can't because it's on your side of the table. Oh, right. Okay, so question number one, who drinks the most coffee? A, Finland, B, Italy, C, Peru. My gut is going with A, Finland. Yeah, my gut is too, although it says coffee. Does that also include espresso? I bet it is because the very next question is making room for different kinds of coffee drinks. And they're all lumped in together as coffees. So I'm betting that they're saying the coffee family of beverages. So yeah, it's kind yeah. of an arbitrary question because is is this in volume or is this is this just in in, in the number of? Uh, but anyway, I'm going to grab. This is why I'm we going, weren't good in school. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> overthinking it probably, but but I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say Finland also. Checking A for both of us. Uh, so again, the question, if you missed it, is who drinks the most coffee? We said A, Finland, and we were right. It immediately gives you the answers. I was hoping it was going to give us the answers oh. at the end of the test. Okay. Okay, it gives us uh, an explanation as well. It says, right, in 2011, Finns consumed on average 12.17 kilograms, that's uh, 26.8 pounds of coffee per person. In fact, Nordic countries make up the top six coffee drinking countries. Could it be something to do with the long, dark nights? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what—that's one of the reasons why why they say Seattle's the coffee capital of the United States because of the weather. It also goes on to give an explanation about the uh, Italians and people in Peru. It says about the Peru people. It says coffee consumption in Peru is very low. Yeah, point five one kilograms, or about a pound per person each year. <laughs> that's strangely typical for for coffee producing countries. They don't really drink a whole lot of their product. They're they're just getting trace amounts of their coffee yeah. dust in their their regular diet. Yeah, it's a it's an ex, it's <laughs> just an a pound of crop. coffee a year. They grow it to send north. And then for the Italians, it says while the Italians love their espressos and were the first Europeans to import coffee from North Africa, they rank twelfth on the list. With 5.6 kilograms, that's 13 pounds per person per year. You know, I go through how many pounds? I go through two pounds a month, so I go about through 24 pounds a year. So I'm doing better than most Italians. Yeah, but then I've, I mean, I don't know what it, what it actually is, but I've seen statistics that, that it's anywhere between 45 and 50% of people of the population drink a daily cup of coffee. So you have that consumption is being applied to to that population. So, and not all those people drink a cup of coffee every day. In fact, not all those people even drink coffee at all. So they're they're factoring into that average. So the guy that that drinks two cups of coffee, 
and the guy that drinks zero cups of coffee between them they average to it's one. averages yeah yeah so, so there's going to be some italians that drink way more than i do i know one of our uh friends on the internet federico vatici he's a, a heavy espresso drinker he lives in italy hey federico if you're listening to this you got what is it 12 15 espressos a day come on man uh you take it easy yeah but they're they're going to be served in very small shot glasses it, yeah so i guess I he guess makes that, his own espresso also, at home yeah um if you drink if you drink 12 espresso shots a day that, it works that, out. That is the equivalent to what? Three cups of coffee? Maybe, maybe, maybe three to six. It depends on the size. Yeah. Okay. So question number two, we got, which of these is a macchiato? The, so first beverage we're looking at is a shot of espresso, maybe a quarter steamed milk, and then, you know, a good amount of milk foam on top. The next drink is an espresso and then fill up the rest of the cup with water. The third cup, we have an espresso. We got a quarter of amount of milk foam, and that's it. Which of these is a macchiato? My my understanding of a macchiato is the first one. Yeah, I was leaning to that too, but all, not because I actually knew for a fact. I, I cannot keep up with these kinds of beverages. I don't think very hard and long about lattes, cappuccinos, and macchiatos. Whenever I'm at a counter where they have them, I may ask them, and they rattle it off so fast I can't keep up with them. It's like... Well, we've got our espresso, steam milk, and foam in this one. We got our espresso and water and milk in this one. We got this uh, hot chocolate thing in espresso and foam in this one. They rattle it off way too fast. I just yeah, can't keep cause, up. Because the first one, if I mean, I would say that's a latte, but but I think the steam milk would have. There appears to be less steam milk in this than there is espresso. If if, if these yes, there is yes, ratios. So that's, that's right. That's why I'll go with the first one. Okay, so I'm going to go with. I'm, I'm going to go with the third cup. I'm going to go with the milk foam and espresso. Okay. That's what I, I think I would have lent to if I didn't know your input. So you're getting number one, the foamed milk, steamed milk and espresso. And I'm going with the milk foam and espresso, which is in the third cup. Okay. So I'm right. You're right. You're okay. wrong. Okay. The cup that you chose, the espresso, a quarter of steamed milk and milk foam on top is a cappuccino. And the one that has a shot of espresso that's and an a quarter. Yeah. Well, the one in the middle that has the espresso and water, that's Americano. Yeah. The third one with espresso and milk foam is the macchiato. So there's no steamed milk in a, in a macchiato. Nope. Okay. The, there Good you go. Know. That's cap, uh, cappuccino. So third question, where did coffee originate? Ethiopia, Brazil, or Indonesia? A. So A being Ethiopia. And I, I think I would have chose the same. So we're going with Ethiopia and we are right. Evidence suggests that the first coffee plants grew in the region of Kaffa in central Ethiopia. I think we talked about that many, many moons ago on the podcast. We did. And I think, I think it was when we were talking about geisha. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Okay. So question number four, which of these is the coffee plant? They have some pictures. So this is going to be theater of the mind for you. The first picture shows what looks like a tree with uh, holly-ish looking red berries. I'm not sure. Then the middle one, it shows what looks like another tree. You got a branch. You got some leaves on it. It looks kind of tropical. And what looks kind of like grape-shaped seeds, they're green. And then there's some of them turning red. And then the third one, we've got what looks more bush-like or like a small tree with real big, weighty, floppy leaves and what looks like uh, brown stems with some well, blue frosted uh, seedlings on it or something. I'm not sure exactly what this is. I'm going to go with the middle one that looks like grapes-shaped seeds. Yeah, that's right. Pulpy. So we're going with number two on this list, and we are right. 
So the one to the left, this one that looked like uh, some random red berries on a holly tree branch, this is Paracantha, think garden shrub, not breakfast buzz. The middle one was the coffee plant, produce red or purple fruits called cherries that usually contain two seeds called the coffee beans. Yep. The caffeine helps the plant deter insects. So a natural, what is it called? A natural pesticide. pesticide. Right. Thank you. Yep. Jinx. And then the third one, the really funny looking plant I would never have touched with a 10 foot pole was Mahonia. Think ornamental rather than fundamental. Mm. <laughs> That's what they had to say about that plant. Okay. All right. So we're going to take a, a break here to thank our sponsor, Thrasher Coffee. Thank you, Thrasher. All right. And we're going to continue because <laughs> we're they're actually sponsoring our taste test here in a few minutes. Okay, we're going to continue. Question number five, which country comes second to Brazil as the world's largest coffee producer? We got Vietnam, India, and Colombia. Oh, let me answer it first. I'm going to go with uh, question number five. Which country comes second to Brazil as the world's largest coffee producer? Dang. Man, I'm so bad with geography. This is not my strong suit. It never has been. All the countries were changing their names and geographical locations over the course of history. I could never keep up with it. And my family was trying to teach me history alongside of geography. So I'm so bad at this. I think that just because I'm partial to Colombia, they're my favorite source of coffee beans in the world. I would have gone with C, Colombia. Okay, yeah, that's my that's my guess too. All right, so Eric chooses C, Colombia, and eh, we're both wrong. Vietnam. Coffee it was introduced to Vietnam by the French in the mid-19th century. Robusta beans account for most of Vietnam's coffee output, more than 3.1 billion pounds in 2011. Wow, okay. But maybe it's different now. Maybe in 2016, it's really Colombia. Yeah, I don't know. I knew Vietnam was, was getting up there, but I didn't, I didn't know that they were second. That's interesting. How, how, how old is this? How old is this This. This was updated in October. Oh, it was? Mm-hmm. So, reviewing the answers again, A, Vietnam, B, India, and C, Colombia. It says of Colombia that it ranks fourth among the coffee-producing countries and third in exports. What, Colombia does? Mm-hmm. Okay. India is the world's second largest producer of tea after China, which uh, makes sense because the East India Trading Company, you know? Yeah. We know from Pirates of the Caribbean history. Question number six, who first told North America about coffee? We've got William Penn, uh, a really old guy with a colonial hat on his head. We got John Smith, who wears the breastplate over top of his, what do you call that, upholstery outfit with a huge collar and his big bushy beard. This guy, he looks really badass for his century. (laughs) Then we got uh, Columbus, who everybody knows what he looks like because we got so many pictures of Columbus. So we got William Penn, John Smith, and Christopher Columbus. I'm going to go with John Smith because that beard is really awesome. Epic. And I kind of think that this is the kind of guy who looks like he drinks coffee. Okay, I'm going to say William Penn. Okay, you're going with Penn. I'm going with John Smith. Oh, dude, I'm victorious. It was John Smith? It was John Smith, founder of the colony of Virginia yeah. in 1607. John would certainly have encountered coffee on his Turkish travels, so he usually gets the credit. William Penn, it says, a coffee was being sold in New York for more than a decade before he founded his settlement on the Delaware in 1682. Interesting. Okay. Uh, and then for Columbus, it says, he just arrived a bit too early. 
a bit too early for coffee to make it. I don't, I don't really understand that statement. But I guess what they're saying is maybe coffee wasn't even a thing for Columbus yet. It, was, yeah, it wasn't really a, a thing for Europe yet. It was, it was, it was still a, an Arabian type thing. It was a, hadn't penetrated Europe yet. All right. So then question number seven, which will give you the biggest shot of caffeine? Arabica beans, Robusta beans, Yerba Mate tea. Hmm. Curveball. Introducing the tea into the equation. I, I, I thought this was a, I thought this was a coffee quiz, not a, not a tea quiz. I don't even know what that, what, what that is. You know, the people who write these quizzes, they're, they're crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess cause you only, you, those are your, those are your two primary varieties it. of coffee. So you have to have a third one, but they hate it when everybody gets a 100 on the quiz. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say Robusta. I would have gone with Robusta as well. And we are right. A six ounce cup of drip brewed Robusta coffee will give you anything from 140 to 200 milligrams of caffeine compared to around 100 and a cup of Arabica. And the Yerba Mate tea has recently been touted as a high caffeine tea alternative to coffee, but it comes in around 85 milligrams per serving. Okay, yeah, it's, it still doesn't, doesn't even match. It doesn't hold a candle to it. No, yeah. you'd have to drink two, two and a half cups to get the same jolt. So question number eight, we got which of these machines would you not use to make coffee? And they all look kind of like beakers. The first one is obviously something you pour uh, a liquid into. It has like an hourglass shape. It's wide at the brim at the top of the mouth and at the bottom it's round like a potion glass, but it's got this metal handle collar to it, which is tied together with leather straps. Theater for the mind. Just tell them what it is. We'll get to that. <laughs> the middle picture. No, I'm having fun here. I, I love to make people use their imagination while they drive. Just, whoa, watch out for that bird. Okay, so the middle one, this it has like a, uh, a mechanical scientific equipment looking metal arm that's holding, again, what looks like lab equipment. At the bottom, it looks like a potion glass. On top, it looks like an inverted French press that's attached to this... Uh, monstrosity it, it definitely looks like lab equipment then you got the third one and it too looks like lab equipment it's got a beaker at the bottom it could be your potion thing i would not want to drink out of it <laughs> you're just gonna have to see this for yourself yeah it's got a long neck like a giraffe tube with what looks like intestinal organs coming out of it <laughs> it's just kind of rad and I, I don't think i'd want to touch those coils or whatever they are so which of these machines is not used for making coffee? Well, the, the first one, we both know because we've seen it. I'm going to give you a little hint, guys, listening to this. This is a Chemex. The first one is a Chemex. It's got the wooden collar and the leather straps tied around it in the middle. You, that kind of is a giveaway. That's a little bit more, of a, more than a hint. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to give you a hint between the other two. My guess is that this... This thing on the far right that has the intestinal coils coming up out of it is the lab equipment. Sure. That, yes, I, okay. I agree. That's the one you would not use to make coffee. All right. We're going with that. And we are right. This is a condenser used to collect and cool vapors from boiling liquids in the lab. Better for making moonshine than coffee. Yeah. Ah, learn something every day. Okay. Question number nine. What's the origin of mocha coffee? Arabic word for chocolate. Yemeni port city. <laughs> Island off South America. Man, I feel like we're on who wants to be a millionaire. And it's one of those random $250,000 questions that 
is so out in left field. What's the origin of mocha coffee? Arabic word for chocolate, Yemeni port city, or island off of South America? I'm beat. I'm going to say Arabic. Uh, That's the one I'm going to go with. What do you go with? B, Yemeni port city. Mm, And you're right. Isle Mocha used to be a thriving port in the Red Sea coast. It shipped a varietal of coffee native to Yemen and Ethiopia and led its name to those beans. These helped fuel Europe's growing taste for the new and delightful drink that began in the 15th century. Yeah, and mocha java is a, is a, popular, uh, a popular coffee blend, which question number 10 is about, about java. But, but mocha java w- is supposed to be the first, historically, the first blended coffee. So it's taking coffee from mocha and taking coffee from java, in, which is Indonesia, and putting those together in the first coffee blend. So that's, there's a, there's historic precedent there for, um, so it's, it's Yemen coffee and Indonesian coffee made the first blend called Mocha Java. Mm. It it doesn't have anything to do with chocolate. Okay. Well, there's your 250,000. And and there, that's also, uh, where the, the, uh, the nickname for coffee Java got its origin. Hmm. Okay. So question number 10, who brought coffee to Java? We got the Dutch East India company, Marco Polo, Muslim traders. No, I don't think, think they mean traitors. They mean traders. So we got Dutch East India Company, Marco Polo, or Muslim traders for who brought coffee to Java. I don't think the East India Company did because I've never heard that company associated with coffee. I, I don't remember Marco Polo uh, doing anything with this kind of transport. I'm going to say Muslim traders. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's I, I think it's B Marco Polo. But um, the question is, who brought coffee to Java, not who brought coffee from Java? I'm going to stick with Marco Polo. Okay, cool. So you got Marco Polo. I'm going with Muslim traders, and we're both wrong. Dutch East India, really? Yes. The Dutch governor of Malabar, India, sent coffee seedlings via the East India Company to Batavia near present-day Jakarta, around 1696. Hmm. Put that in your history books. All right. And uh, so how did we do? Um, it doesn't say. It doesn't give us a doesn't final give score. doesn't give you a score. I would like to have a final score, yeah. NPR. Come on. I would, too. I, I, I think we, we both got about seven right. So we got a 70%, Something I guess. like that. I, I, I don't know. I feel like we failed today. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you have it. Get the quiz for yourself. Test your knowledge. Uh, I would like to try something else, like the, a BuzzFeed coffee pop quiz. I bet we would do a little bit better on that. Okay. We'll, we'll look up a BuzzFeed coffee quiz next time. So, all right. Turning our attentions to the taste testing of the day, we have a special thanks to Thrasher. They are a great craft roaster here from the northwest edge of Metro Atlanta. Instead of doing a sponsor read, we are going through a series of coffee taste tests to share our quick thoughts of other coffees from restaurants, online subscription services, and even the local quick mart at a gas station. We are not getting to one of those today, though. Today's freshly brewed coffee is Madcap's Galeris. Is that how you pronounce it, Galeris? Yeah, I, I would think so, yeah. All right, so I got the bag of beans right here. And uh, they're pretty fresh. They're eight days old. I ordered them last week. They made them fresh for me, came in their black bag with the white label. And then the Galeris has this lovely 
bright pink label on it below. It says Galeris Columbia whole bean, 12 ounces. It's uh, pure coffee. And then over here on the side, tasting notes, it's got uh, the hint of ripe berries, floral, tropical, and vibrant. And it was roasted on the second of the month. So yeah, did you say where, where, where it's from? I'm about to. Oh. Um, here is the, the specs they have from the description on their site. It says located in Nariño Department of Southwest Colombia. Galeris is cold from micro producers outside of the capital pasto pasto all the farmers who contribute to galeris grow coffee surrounding the active vulcan de galeris where it gleans its name the climate here is dry and we believe that dryness this is them speaking for themselves is a combination with uh so we believe that dryness in combination with super high elevations accounts for the creation of some of the most complex coffees in colombia 2015 is our first year working with this handful of producers in Nariño who own, on average, less than one hectare of coffee, an extremely small amount. The quality is stunning, yet the potential for improvements is even higher. So, what do you make of the, these beans? When I opened up the bag, I thought it smelled quite fruity. I find the bag attractive. I like Madcap's products. I like the way they treated me in the order process. They have a very streamlined store to use. It's good stuff. So if you're looking for a subscription service or you want to buy by the bag, you can check them out and I would recommend them. The, the smell, the aroma in the bag is still strong mm -hmm. after, you know, what has it been? It's been five days since I picked up the bag out of the box. Yeah, there's a, a there's a, there's a floral scent to it. Um, Maybe like a. It's hard to describe because it's got a lot going on. Yeah. But after grinding it, it seems more herbal. I didn't get to smell the the, the ground coffee. I'm so I'm just I'm just smelling the whole bean. And to me, it's it smells kind of like this this the sweet smell of of roses, like when when a rose is in bloom. Yeah. Just a yeah. very um, because it, it's almost sweet, but it's not. Yeah. 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 So there's there's a bit of a bit of a. I guess herbalness, a bit of a bit of earthiness to it, but there's also a um, a subtle a subtle sweetness to it. That's I mean they they smell very good. Now after the grind, it smells very much the same with or without its brewing. Okay. So I just noticed that it was again very very strong aroma. And here in the cup, uh, this is my third cup of this coffee. H how are you liking it? I like it a lot. Now what what does it strike you as? Is this is medium? Yeah, yeah. I would I would call this um, maybe a. A touch on the on the on the light side of of medium, um, but I can it's see got, that it's got it's got a, a nice acidity. It's not tart in the in the in the sense of of like a lime or a lemon or something like that. It's more more of a a creamy tartness. So maybe more of a strawberry cream. There's the the sweetness to it, but you're not getting the puckering acidity, smooth fruit sweetness, and then the and and the coffee finishes with a with a, a fruit flavor, but on the uh, the first the first sip you put in your mouth, you get a little bit of earthiness from it. I, I I guess I could even go as far as to call that floral. Yeah, I like the counterculture coffee tasters flavor, Will, and I'm looking at it right now because it's just got so many terms that you can use to describe. It helps a, you, yeah. That that really yeah. helps you to pinpoint something. I don't, I don't know. What, I don't really know what the, to call this. And then then you look on there, you're like, eh, yeah, I guess that's what it is. Something yeah, like that. I need to expand my vocabulary over here in the body. We got light, medium, and heavy. I would say it's in on the edge of medium and light. We got kind of juicy, slick, what, silky. Feel? Yeah, yeah. Is a juicy, slick, uh, tea-like quality to it. Yeah, or just on the edge of smooth, kind of like 2% milk, 
it's closer to the light though body yeah yeah the, yeah the mouthfeel isn't isn't and and you made this which is refreshing did you make yeah. it through the aeropress i did okay yeah so it's still getting the coffee oils and yet it is on the light side of the body yeah which which means it doesn't it doesn't linger long you know nope. when you once you once you swallow it it's there's a little bit of lingering aftertaste but it's mostly gone and um, i would say that the in terms of flavor it's up there close to citrus but it's definitely floral and vegetal we got maybe some hibiscus rose hips magnolia i don't know i just I, I think it's definitely in that in that ballpark it smells the way it tastes it's very it's, good I it's mean, not I could, sour i could drink this a lot it's this is a great medium like this is not my preferred kind of medium but this is a great medium right and it's not what i expected for colombian coffee just a reconfirmation that coffee from all over the world doesn't taste like its location the location that can always produce an, a new sort of flavor so I understand why on the label that Matty Cap describes it as having potential for higher quality and exploring a, a new sort of taste because, yeah, this is great. And I, I think along with them, they can still produce something that is unique to this location. In the, in the floral section, there's orange blossom. And I, I think that would be, that'd be kind of close. It doesn't really have an orange, yeah, yeah. An orange uh, taste. Well, that's, that's what I was saying too, like, if it were fruity, it's almost like mild grapefruit. Yeah. Sometimes the acidity in these lighter roasted coffees is overwhelming. It's and not it's, bitter. It's like lemony or, or, right. or lime, and it, it, it kind of puckers your mouth. This, this doesn't do that. It, it's there, but it's not, it's not, um, it's not overwhelming. It's, it's, it's a very, very, very smooth, easy-drinking cup of coffee. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm feeling the caffeine though now. I had a cup earlier today of um, Liberty Blend Thrasher coffee, mm -hmm. and now I'm having this, and I'm feeling the onslaught. That was just like an hour and a half ago that yeah. I had that cup of coffee, and now ugh, I feel it in the front of my forehead. Now mm. you're gonna crush it the rest of the day. You're gonna be super productive, right? Mm-hmm. Editing this show. <laughs> <laughs> well i do recommend this coffee if you're interested a link will be in the show notes thanks thrasher for sponsoring this taste test it's pretty clean like this is good craft coffee if you want something at home to just try out and you're interested in mediums i'd say if you're not familiar with mediums go to this area if you are familiar with mediums and you want a good wholesome medium this is the way to go. Yeah, this is by far the best the best coffee that we've done a taste test on. <laughs> but yeah, that's weird. Of course, Chick we're comparing it to Chick Fil A and and <laughs> and, and McDonald's, so um, <laughs> that's not that's not really a fair comparison. But but it is. Yeah, this is, this is this is quite good. We'll have to put together a chart at Top Brew, give a, a score, and this is just busting through the charts. And McDonald's should, and yeah, Chick Fil yeah, A yeah, is that's a major good idea. Dwarf. We should keep a history of of all these things that we've that we've uh, that we've sampled. There's really nothing else to describe here. The bag is simple, minimalistic. I like the approach of the company. I just think that that Madcap is a good craft roaster. So go check them out. And thanks Thrasher Coffee for sponsoring this taste test. So I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Uh, what do you say, Eric? Are we good? I think so. Yeah. Sweet. I'm caffeinated. I'm ready to go. Ooh. Thanks for joining us for episode 55 of Top Brew Show Notes with links to everything we discussed is at topbrew.fm slash podcast slash 55. Follow at Top Brew on Twitter or myself. I'm at underscore Joe Darnell. Lastly, I want to give a huge thanks to our continual sponsor, Thrasher Coffee. Use the coupon code MADCAP to get 25% off uh, and enjoy their craft coffee like the rest of us. I am Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening to Top Brew. Top Brew.